When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, wherever you're listening from today, I do hope you take that moment to hit the subscribe button. Of course, you can find us at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Stitcher, Podchaser, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with, and uh, we'll deliver new episodes to you. In fact, uh, one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, really great way to keep up with your favorite artists and and discover new artists and uh, and know what's happening in the music world. Again, Kyle Meredith with I'm Kyle Meredith today. I'm going to be talking with AJR. In fact, Ryan Met jumps on the phone. They've got a brand new single called Bang that we're going to be getting into. This, of course, uh, comes on the one-year anniversary of their most previous record, Neo Theater, and we're going to get into their penchant for just really being musically adventurous. In fact, one of the most musically adventurous pop bands in the game right now. Uh, their problem with homogenized music and uh, and penchant for being self-referential as well. It's one of my favorite things that they've been doing on this new record. Ryan also talks about how, especially a lot of the last record was was about growing up, and that continues through this new single, Bang, why they enjoy being pulled in that direction, uh, thematically speaking. It's also a band that's been not only self-referential, but uh, pop-referential. Uh, you can go back to their earliest days, and, and you'll f- hear songs about, uh, about The Office on Netflix, and of course on the new record, Beats by Dre. And, and it's not just a gimmick. In fact, Ryan's going to be talking about you know the trick to finding emotional depth in songs about pop culture moments. 
There's also fun stories too. Uh, on the new track, they use the uh, the voice, the guy who does the New York City subway system. That voice, uh, he's on the new track. They've they've sampled a razor head on the latest record. So we're going to talk about using those type of things as uh, as ways to write a song and ways to write a song around. So let's jump into it. Kyle Meredith with AJR. Hey, how's it going? First off, I got to tell you that that Bang has been such a fun song to listen to this year. Uh, I know you guys have been busy with music. This comes on the hills of uh, of you know Neo Theater just coming out last year, but but what a fantastic track to follow this up with. Uh, first, I, I I guess I should say congratulations. Oh, thank you so much, man. That really means a lot. It, it was funny with with Bang. We we had the track originally while we were writing Neo Theater, and we had a version of the track that was slower kind of more evil sounding, more minor chords. And we knew something was cool about it. Something felt cool in a way that a Disney villain walks in to the room, you know, and that would be the song that would play. That felt cool and unique, but it wasn't quite uh, digestible for 2020. It didn't have enough of enough modern elements to feel AJR-ish. So we put a pin in it and we did the rest of Neo Theater. And then we did the Neo Theater tour. And at some point during the tour, we started to get re-inspired. And we realized we had that track and it just sounded so fresh and different from the songs we were playing live. Um, And so we decided to speed it up and change the chords around and add some trap elements. And it ended up sounding you know the way it does now yeah and updating something like that you know making it modern might be the easier part i'm not sure but but when you're you know the references that you're talking about not just disney villains which you know of course still could be modern uh, depending on who you're talking about but i sort of take that as an old thing especially you know in that last record as you all were talking about you know even heading back to uh, the 1930s and 40s for for choirs and, and and stuff like that like how far back do you all look for inspiration and and where does that come from for you is that is that part of your upbringing it's definitely part of our upbringing i feel like everybody whatever songs were played like in the car when you were young it's just ingrained in your brain and it's just it teaches your brain and teaches your dna what is catchy and what is nostalgic and what is beautiful so we we grew up listening to Beach Boys, Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel, but also a lot of Broadway, a lot of movie music. I, I think I, I would probably credit a lot of AJR's diversity to how diverse our, you know, our, our musical upbringing was. And so we kind of have a bigger toolbox, I think, than, than a lot of artists mm-hmm. where we, we think, OK, what, you know, it, we, we have a wider range of, uh, I think, knowledge when it comes to how should we produce this? What sounds should we use? What, what's a, a beat that feels fresher than just, you know, the typical mid-tempo reggaeton stuff that's, that's popular now? It's interesting because I, I was trying to think, you know, culturally in music, maybe the last time that I could think of artists regularly being this adventurous. And, and it's hard to actually figure that out. Not that there aren't adventurous artists out there. That's not what I'm saying. But but in this sort of style, and I was thinking like maybe in the mid-90s when hip-hop embraced jazz so heavily and there was a lot of that and, and you also had, a, you know, sampling that, that was still a big deal. But it's it's not something that, that happens as, as much these days to kind of pull in these many different sounds and, and work them into songs that do sound modern and, and relevant. And, and what's the challenge there? Like, how hard is that to make things like that, to take these these classic elements and work them into pop constructs to, to make it sound like it's something that, you know, lives in 2020? Uh, it's extremely challenging. It's, it's the absolute hardest part. 
we write songs for other artists and we, we often say that it's, it's a lot easier uh, when we're writing songs for, for other artists just because we, we kind of made this pact when we started really like taking off as AJR that all the songs we were going to write were going to be, like you said, adventurous, whether it's a, a lyric about a, about a topic that's never been written before or, you know, or, or a musical bed that people people's eyes open when they hear and they, they say, oh, my God, what, what is this? I can't even like, you know, trace these roots. So it, we've kind of set a, a pact for ourselves a little bit that makes it extremely challenging to write an AJR song. Um, I think to answer your question, the I think if you look just scientifically, songs are definitely starting to sound more and more similar, mm-hmm. uh, especially with trap, especially with the Internet sound banks that are available now. Like stuff like I love Splice, like which is a I don't know if you know it's mm-hmm. just an, an internet sound bank where you can get you know different samples and drums and stuff. It's it, there used to be a cool element of I've collected these samples, you know I've collected these snares. This is my own private collection, and maybe I'll share a couple with you. And that has kind of gone away. And it's interesting; it's a little bit homogenized general sound of pop music because every producer, the top producer in the world, and the guy that just got Garage Band, are all all have access to these same trap drums that are popular on Splice. And so I think just, yeah, so like technically music is getting more and more similar sounding. And so it presents more of a challenge for us because we're so against using, you know, the trap snare that, that's so recognizable or the, the reggaeton beat. We're, we're so anti that just with AJR just because it, it's a little bit boring to us. And so there's less of a range of, okay, we have this, the, this old vibe of, uh, the, the, like I said, the, the villain walking in with the horn. Now, how do we approach it for 2020? Do we go with the trap at halftime? Do we go with the four on the floor, EDM? There's just less and less options that feel modern. Um, and so we're, we're, you know, we're still chugging away. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty proud of all the songs on Neo Theater and what we're doing now that we're able to keep kind of breaking new ground. But it's an interesting time in music for sure. And beyond the beats though, I mean, the most you know impressive part and, you know, beyond just these songs being really fun, I mean, you can, you can just enjoy them. You don't have to overanalyze them, of course, but, but when you do it, you know, it, it goes beyond the beats. It is those horns that you're bringing in. It's, it's the way that you use a keyboard. It's, it's the way that you use uh, other vocal elements, whether it's, you know, the sampling that you had done early on or, or, like on bang like this is so uh, I'll let you tell the story here but this is the new york subway guy right it is yeah we we had a demo where i was going here we go and we thought who do we know that's like a radio announcer kind of guy that is like in some way announcing here we go here's the big chorus everybody listen up and we we remembered we the the guy who does the voice of the new york city subway system wrote to us maybe four or five years ago saying that he was a fan and we just had the email in our inbox and so we decided to reach back out and he was super cool and recorded here we go in metronome and it, it was it was a, the perfect voice that we wanted so using these though whether it's you know uh being ahead of the situation like it sounds like you are sort of having the the idea in mind or how often do you go hunting whether maybe it's for sampling or something like that and and what is it like to use that as a writing tool? I mean, to to fit that in something that you know you, you, that already exists. You know, well, I should say something using something that already exists and and trying to fit that in something that you're trying to create separate. If you can consider what the New York City subway guy did, a sample. I guess it, it's more of an original right, take, right. You know, um, but I, we had one sample on Neo Theater that was from 
Eraserhead, the David Lynch movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a weird scene where he goes into the radiator and there's a woman in the radiator that sings this creepy, scary song. Right. And Jack and I were at Columbia uh, in film school and we heard it and we both perked up and said, we need to find a place to put this song in the album. <laughs> and it, it worked out. We put it into this song called Birthday Party and it created this cool kind of Kid Cudi bridge that was a real left turn. But I think with, with like you said, with all these elements of analyzing it, I think it's really super important to wrap it up in a way that's really digestible to everybody. We're not interested in making, you know, esoteric, artsy, avant-garde music. It, it's never really been our goal. We love making essentially pop songs and mm-hmm. pop alternative songs. And I think that's probably my favorite thing about the Beach Boys, that on first listen, they're just really catchy songs that are you just get the chorus right away and they make you feel something with the chorus. But then upon closer look, you, you find out, wow, these chord changes are so complex. Oh, my God, the French horn. Well, I've never heard something, you know, it, it doesn't do that kind of arrangement. Um, and so you kind of realize how complex it is under the guise of this is just a easy to listen to pop song. Which is all my favorite songs tend to be like that, uh, Onion Skinned, where you can kind of dig in. Uh, and hell, it, it, it works in Bang because, uh, you know, again, you put it on the first few times, like, this is really fun. You start listening, then the references kick in. I mean, uh, that, that's part of this song, too, right? Like, you all are referencing other parts of your career, which is definitely, you know, something for the hardcore fans uh, or any level of fan, I guess, to really sort of go, wait a second, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we started doing that recently. We, we, we started that on Neo Theater, where we every song on Neo Theater had a piece of another song in it. Um, and so we, I, I guess this came from, we, we kind of realized our fans tend to be really smart people, like often smarter than us. And so we, 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 kinda, we constantly get amazed with what they're finding. And so we, think, we thought, let's, you know, let's put some Easter eggs into this album. Um, and then we did it with Bang, too. We had I forget how many, I think maybe eight or 10 references to, to previous songs of ours. Um, and I think we'll probably do something like that in a totally different way again on the next album. Because you're right, it, it's like a great movie where the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, this was a fun movie about uh, fish. And, you know, oh, oh, a Pixar movie about fish. And then you watch it again. And you're like, oh, wow, these, these <laughs> themes are really important. It's about fatherhood, you know, right. um, and, and they're Easter eggs to other movies. You realize how complex it is. Yeah. D- did you have a sense of, of how quick they were picking up on it once you started putting the song out there? They picked up on it way faster than I thought they would. <laughs> we wanted to put out the album and put out the song and spend a week not saying anything and see like maybe it will start to spread through the fan base and they got it so quickly. Um, they, we, we, we had to kind of post about the Easter eggs within the next two days because it spread so quickly among the fan base. Yeah. But I mean, even, even this, uh, the, the themes that you all have talked about with bang I- itself, like that picks up immediately where it seems anyway, to me where next up forever leaves off on Neo theater about uh, that line about not being ready to grow up. I mean, that's, that's the, like the, the thesis of bang, right? I think so. Yeah, I think that's a theme that we write about a lot. And we try to keep it very autobiographical because I think it's easy to... to, uh, Something I I saw a lot from the Beach Boys also is when they were older, you know, when they were like 35, they were singing about being 15 and being in high school. And that's fun, but it, it doesn't really ring true for us. So I think we try to just write exactly where we're at in terms of this growing up journey. Um, and so it, when we were writing Next Up Forever, we were definitely feeling scared to put out the album and scared to 
move forward because we had just gotten our first little taste of success. And it, a little part of us was feeling like, oh, maybe it's better to look forward to this. We've been working as this band for, at the time, 12 years. I've gotten used to just looking forward to success and putting it on a pedestal. What if it doesn't deliver? And so we wrote that about Next Step Forever and, and kind of related it to growing up in general and different examples, graduation and stuff. And then we wrote Bang. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of the sequel. It's, it's a little bit of, okay, now we're in this nebulous place in between being kids and adults, uh, we're doing all the things that our parents do, but I don't quite feel like an adult yet. You know, what, what, what's going on? When, when is this coming? Beyond the self-referential, just the cultural referential moments, you take a song like Beats, where you talk about Beats by Dre, or, or heading all the way back to Netflix and, and, and The Office. Do those, I mean, are those natural writing styles for you all, or do they start, like, as inside jokes? <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> We it, it didn't come naturally at first. Our first album, Living Room, I don't, if you look back, I don't really think it sounds like what people think AJR sounds like now. Mm. Maybe there were tiny little hints of it, but, but not really. Uh, before we wrote The Click, we had the thought to, like I said, write songs about things that have never been written about before. And the first one we ever did was Netflix Trip. And we said, I, I remember saying to my brother, like, oh, I think we should write a song about The Office. And he said, oh, like a jokey like a silly song that samples the office theme song or something. I was like, no, no, no. It's like a serious <laughs> song that can maybe make you cry, but it's also about the office. And I showed him the lyrics. This was my older brother. I showed him the lyrics and I remember him crying, just reading the lyric. Oh, and I wow. knew at that moment, Oh, there, there's something here. There's something cool about making a song about something that you, from the title you think is going to be funny, but then you end up crying. To me, it's a lot like I'm referencing Pixar again. It's a lot like Pixar movies where, what it's a, you know a movie about toys that's going to be silly but there's some real heart in it um and so i think after practicing that a lot and doing two albums worth and now we're working on three albums worth of those kind of songs uh i think we just we realized like oh this is what we have this is our voice this mm -hmm. is what we have to say that no one else is saying that for whatever reason if they think it's too goofy or if it's you know not not deep enough i i think we can find depth in these possibly silly topic. I mean, it makes subjects endless at that point. I mean, for some artists who, you know, they, they write about relationships and that's what they do. Uh, this opens you up to just never having a loss at, you know, a subject, I suppose. <laughs> I hope so. There's <laughs> definitely a risk of it becoming a gimmick, which we're very aware of, where yeah. we're not going to write, you know, the Hulu song, cause just because <laughs> we did the Netflix strip song. It, and then it, you immediately realize, you know, oh, these guys are just milking this, voice it, it really has to ring true to us we, we we've kind of made this pact that like whatever specific things we write about have to actually have happened to us for it to feel authentic yeah i certainly do appreciate what you guys are doing uh, again you've been such an exciting band to to watch um just everything that you create it's so interesting so ryan uh thank you for what you all are doing i i hope you continue to you know keep this watermark as high as you guys have got it right now because it's uh it's certainly pretty awesome Wow, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, man. Stay safe. Yeah, YouTube, dude. We'll see you around. Alrighty. Goodbye. Right. And my thanks, Ryan Metz, AJR again. The new single is called Bang, and their latest record, uh, a year old now, uh, Neo Theater. Uh, and thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, before you get out of here, I, I do hope you take that chance, if you're not already subscribed to the series, so you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover new artists and know what's happening in the music world. Just head to wherever you get podcasts from. Type in Kyle Meredith with 
we will take care of the rest. You can find us at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube, wherever you like to get yours. Just type in Kyle Meredith with and hit subscribe. And after that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews, too. And again, that's at WFPK.org. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me on just about any social media platform at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd, because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. Yes. I'm not, no other reasons at all. <laughs> you None oh, at all. Whatever. So every-, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it, more or less. Or explain its deceptive feminism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the funny one. (laughs) Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.